All right, this is the podcast where we talk about how important winning is or not. Mm, I feel like this seems a theme song afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> drum rolls, drum rolls. Here we are again with another Two Minds podcast where we aim to create intention in your life on and off of the sporting arena. Ooh, so I like it. Let's dive right into it. Let's, I like so, it. winning, is Yo, it all that matters? Is it all that matters? Hmm, it depends on what you do, actually. <laughs> winning is important. I'm not here uh, to, to say winning is not important, right? This is, we have a blog post. You can find it underneath this video um, that is called Winning in Perspective. And this, that's what this, this podcast is about. Uh, I'm not saying winning is not important. I work with some professional athletes win or lose m makes a big difference mm. monetarily. Sure. So it is important. Do you get recruited? Do you not get recruited? Oh yeah. For a lot of juniors, uh, perhaps, you know, if you want to go to a good university, then you need to level up at the right moment. So winning, you know, it's not that winning is not important. It can be a lot of pressure. That's for sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but the interesting thing is that if you, if you want to optimize your chances for winning, then ironically, if your mind is on the winning, mm. it's not helping, right? Sure. And so if we, if we think of the difference between, between executing and having a result of your execution, mm. then if you think of it like that, you have, you, you're never really a winner until you're done. Sure. You know, in the blog post, Leon, you talk a lot about like, how do you never fail? If you're not focused on winning, how do you never fail then? Yeah. So, so the thing is you should see failure. You never have to fail. You can win and you can lose. Failure is something else than losing. That is perhaps the most important thing of this podcast. Failure is not the same thing as losing. Mm -hmm. If you are an athlete, it doesn't matter what your level is. You do gymnastics, you do martial arts, you do tennis, you do golf. You're going to lose all the time. You're going to lose all the time. Even professional athletes, right? You take tennis. Well, if you're, uh, if you're between 80 and, and 120 in the world, boy, you lose all the time, right? If you, if, that, if you would see that as failure constantly, life would be miserable, miserable and also your performance will go down the drain. Sounds like your self-confidence would too. Your confidence I mean, would, yeah. That would, could would layer be. on top of itself. Yeah, absolutely. But so um, you only, Kobe Bryant, there's like a, a fun video of, of Kobe Bryant and somebody asks him, you know, what made you unafraid of failing? And he goes, it's such a BS. It's not that I'm not afraid of failing. I don't fail. I never fail. Because if I lose on Monday, I lose, I go to the drawing board and I do it better on Tuesday. So he's, you're in, in a sense, you're actually given a gift. 
Yes. Because you may not be able to grow in that way had you not lost the first time. Yes. So there's a Chinese proverb that talks about that, no? Yeah, it, it, it has to do, we, we all think, first of all, we, we tend, the moment the adrenaline goes up, our ability for long-term thinking goes proportionally down. Mm. Right? The higher your adrenaline, the more you're, you know, you, you, you're just looking at what's right in front of you. You've got your blinders on. You've got the blinders on. And uh, what that means is that now all of a sudden, it seems that that win right now is all that matters. Mm. Right? Overwhelmed by the stress. Yeah, because of the stress. And so this win is all that matters. If it gets worse, it might even be just like if you're a tennis player, it might be just this game or even this point. I lost this point and it seems like the world just got destroyed. It's, it's in fact a natural reaction due to all the adrenaline and the stress. But we lose a perspective and we also lose our ability for long-term thinking. Now, what, what that means is that uh, your, the value that you put on the win is most likely not realistic. Mm. And uh, in fact, it's very hard to, even as well-thinking human beings, to see the value of something at that very moment. We don't know what the value is of a lot of things. And the parable that, that you mentioned is, is, um, is a parable of a Chinese farmer, where like, he, has, he has a couple of horses, uh, and um, he, oh no, he doesn't, oh, let me take it back. He has one horse, right? <laughs> he has one horse, and he uses the horse to plow the land. Okay. So it's an essential thing for him, right? And uh, then uh, at some point there's like a big storm, and the corral breaks, and the horse goes off. And everybody in the village go, comes to the farmer and goes, oh man, you're so unlucky. So unlucky. And he goes, yeah, maybe, maybe. And then the next night, you know, that, that day, him and his son, they plow the field themselves. They don't have a horse. So the next night, they go to sleep. It's a calm night. They wake up. The horse is back. And the corral was open, right? So the horse is back. But it brought 10 wild horses. Mm. And the farmer's got 10 horses. And the people from the village go, oh, man. You're so lucky. And he goes, yeah, maybe. And um, so they go to sleep again. Um, following day, his son, you know, now they have 10 horses. So they have to train, you know, tame the horses. While the son is doing that, he falls off a wild horse, breaks his leg. Mm. Son can't help him on the field anymore. So all the villagers come and they go, oh man. You're so unlucky. <laughs> right? And he goes, yeah, maybe. Then following day, knock, knock on the door. It's the military. We're rounding up everybody in the village, everybody, you know, over the age of 16. We got to fight. But the son just broke his leg, right? He goes, My mm. broken leg. And they go, all right, yeah, we can't use your son. And now the villagers come and they go, oh man, you're so lucky. <laughs> right? And so... The moral of the story is, we think we know what the value is of what is happening. We believe that the value of winning is much bigger than the value of losing. But perhaps when you, when you lose, 
let's say a tennis match. You lose a tennis match, tennis match in, a, in a small tournament. And because of that loss, you start training and you fix a number of things. And now, two months later down the road, some college coach, you know, he's seen you practice and he's seen the difference between that tournament and that tournament. He goes, wow, I want that kid on my team. But at the time, you lost. So you don't know really the value in the long term of something that's happening in the short term. So it's important to keep that perspective. Sounds like only if we had a crystal ball would we know the true yeah. value, but... We don't. We don't. So what a great opportunity to make our goals more internal rather than external. Yeah, and, and, and more internal rather than external. And also perhaps... Um, so. As I said, there's a difference between the execution, the process, and mm. the result, right? Mm. You're only a winner as a result. You're never a winner as you're still busy, right? Totally. So, ironically, um, while you're executing, if your thoughts go to the result, the quality of your execution goes down, simply because you're not paying all, some of your attention went to the future rather than in this very moment. You know, Leon, that sounds a lot like our last podcast. If you haven't seen it, you can visit our first podcast. But if you're not focusing on your meal while you're eating it, you know, you may miss the whole enjoyment of that meal that you just yes. prepared. Yes, exactly. And so if you, if you pay a lot of attention to the result, you you tend to not perform as well and not be present as well, right? And so, but if you think about what determines your result, it's that presence and performance. Sure. So if you want good results, you want to optimize your presence and performance. So while your focus on winning is not helping your presence and performance, actually, you know, if you focus on your presence and performance, it will help your winning. Mm, sounds like a great way to refocus your mind's eye. What is your mind's eye on? Yes, yes. The experience or the winning. Yes, so it, it, um, if you put winning in perspective, first of all, you don't know really the value of things in the future. That's one perspective. Second is apparently if I focus a lot on what's happening in the future or the consequence of my behavior, my the quality of my behaviors go down. So goes down. So um, it's important to have the perspective that your if you want to optimize your presence and performance, that's where your attention needs to go. You do that well, results will follow, right? And I'm once again, I'm not saying results don't matter. They matter. Actually, because they matter so much, that's why I focus like a maniac. You know on my presence and performance. So it's kind of like energy efficiency. No, you know, like where can I better set my energy so that I can get the results I want? You know, do you put it on the controllables or the uncontrollables? Because the winning, ultimately you can't control. Maybe it's just not your day that day. Yep. Or maybe there's X, Y, and Z, fill in the blanks. But if you're gonna be efficient with where your mind is focusing and the energy you have, why not put it on something you can control? Yeah, I like that. I like it. It's why she's, man, she's good. <laughs> um, 
Yes, because if you think about it, right? Controllables and uncontrollables. The future does not exist. Right now, it's not there. By definition, the future is not in your control. You can't touch anything in the future. You can only touch it in the now. There's no tennis ball in the future that I can affect. No golf mm. ball, no relationship in the future. By very definition. So if you want to focus on controllables, they're here. You can plan for it. That's a wise thing to do. You know, you can plan for the future, but you do that here. You know, Tolle, Eckhart Tolle has a great book called The Power of Now. Yes. And he discusses just, just that. Yes. Yeah, the, fu the future is really a figment of your imagination. I mean, we could do an entire podcast about that. Totally. And you know, it even sounds like you're redefining winning. What is winning? Is it the medal or is it the growth? Yes. So that you could say, sure, I win, I lose, but do I fail? No. Mm -hmm. uh, why? Because I have certain perspectives in place. Like I know that my lesson is more important in the long term, also for the winning, than my short term winning. I know that uh, seeing this as an opportunity and being really engaged is more important or actually will affect my result my gratitude, my, you know? You know, Leon, this is where I think the scientist in you comes out with your attention to verbiage. But I think paying attention to the verbiage, you know, when you're talking to yourself, that really changes your mindset. Yes. And your mind state. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So how, how should you view your opponent? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's an interesting thing. Um, there are tons of stuff has been written about you know how, how how you can win better right there's even a book it's actually a cool book uh, by Brad Gilbert it's it, um, it's called winning ugly <laughs> and um, there's a lot of value in that book actually and it's not so much about you know a lot of people misunderstand it as like oh do everything you can to win you know uh, but unfortunately people do misunderstand this and think that winning is all that matters at all costs. And so you mention opponents. Well, um, when I was a junior, uh, whether it was in judo or it was in, in tennis, I ha obviously you constantly have opponents, but at some point you're in the same team with that person. Hmm. How do you figure that? Right. Uh, so, for example, let's take uh, we're in Northern California, right? And um, uh, let's say there are some uh, actually I have some students who are, you know, at the top level in California. Well, they might represent California or Northern California at some point. Well, they're mm. going to be on the team together. Mm. You know, they're going to be playing doubles together. Some of the people that you're playing right now that you're competing with right now, you might be on a college team with them. They might be your teammate, right? Uh, so there's that aspect. And then on top of that, if you think of the perspective, okay, I have a result and I have a process that leads to that result. How do I optimize that process? Well, I could find a couple of opponents who, uh, who are not very good and I win all the time. 
that doesn't optimize my process. I have somebody who kicks my butt. You know, of course, it's uh, like I said, we're, we're, this, games like sports were not designed to figure out a way to lose. Mm. Okay? You go out to figure out a way to optimize that game, which is to win. Sure. And, but if you want to get really good, you need to get spanked now and then by an opponent. Losing is the process of winning. Now. Yes, and so in a way, competing hard, struggling, and having somebody else push you to your limits is, like you said, it's a gift. So that may be easy for me and you to understand, Leon, but if I'm a parent and I have a kid who is really hard on themselves and they want to win, they want to do well for themselves and for those around them that are, that are helping them, Yes. How, do, how do I manage that as a parent? Yes. Well, um, that's an interesting question. Um, I think, first of all, as a parent, uh, you, you must understand that you yourself are a role model. Hmm. Oh, you're flipping the tables now. Yes. Yes, it's true. You totally. Know, um, and I say this because uh, I've, I still work, I have worked with a lot of kids, and um, if the parents are not really on board as a, you know, as a junior athlete, you can do everything right, but it can be thrown out the window if the interaction with the parent is suboptimal. You know? mm. So I think it's important for parents to understand that, that they're a role model and to also understand that they are equally exposed to the adrenaline and the stress as their kids, right? So yeah. just like, uh, just like, I'll say it in the camera, just like your child may lose perspective as they go, you know, as they are under the influence of adrenaline, it's happening to me. It's a natural thing to happen, right? So in a way, if you, um, if you want, to give your child the optimal chances of winning and optimize their presence and performance, then you have to make sure that you don't interfere with that. It sounds like one of the great perspectives. It's all unity, right? It's all in full circle. And, and yes. that sounds like a great point for even on and off the court, right? Isn't the parent always the role model? Absolutely. Like, my, like uh, my mom, uh, my dad's very calm. And, uh, but my mom, when I used to play tennis, she would get very nervous. And I would see it. You sure? I would see it. My you sister sure? was a good tennis player too, and, and she, she was e uh, even more affected by it than me. But you see somebody like pacing, you can see, see and like that unity is there, right? We're connected. It's my parents, so I feel it. It transfers. Yes, it transfers. So I think one important thing to realize as a parent is that uh, even though, you know, winning is important, your child may think that winning is important. In the end, I think we can all agree, if you want to uh, um, optimize the chances for winning, you have to make the process as, as good as possible. So with mm -hmm. that in mind, how do you make sure that your child can perform without the distraction of winning and losing? Which means that you, you as a parent, have to put a little less stress on that. You and, create the environment. Yes, and also realize that um, it's a long-term thing. True. They're going to lose. 
and if I go all up in arms because they lost, then that's going to be imprinted in their brain. And I mean, even very young children are very smart. They'll immediately understand, oh, this was important. <laughs> you know, Leon, that actually, that's a great point. And it's a great point that not just from parent to child, but from person to person. Yeah. And I think that it's a great point for today in finishing this podcast that we focus not just on finishing it, but you know, our second podcast for two minds, yes. but on the process as well. Yes. And what an enjoyable process. Yes.